and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for September. Because we're not doing the good days of the week anymore. Because it's not funny. Um, joining me today um, is a gentleman who he, he contacted me like a long time ago and said, I've got a game coming out. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he sent me some pictures of the artwork. And then I was like, oh, okay. This looks really nice. It's a, it's a gentleman by the name of uh, Jeremy Falger. And Jeremy Falger is part of Jade Owl Studios. And they are designing a game called Untamed, which we're going to be bringing out to Kickstarter in the near future. So um, he's come on tonight to, you know, do the usual. Tell us a little bit about himself. Tell us a little bit about his game. And we can talk about this... Uh, this fantastic artwork as well. So, hello, Jeremy. Thank you very much for coming on. Hi, Richard. Thank you uh, for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. No, it's been good. It's been good. As I say, when we originally spoke, you um, you'd sent some samples of some of the um, of the artwork, and I think I fell yeah. head head, o- head over heels in love with the <laughs> chameleon. <laughs> Yeah, I just said, yeah. send me. You send me a picture of this, and um, I'm not going to put it in the show notes, guys. You're just going to have to visit the website and follow along with the with the campaign um, to find out. But um, I guess we should uh, we should uh, we should do the admin first of all. Uh, the reason that we do this is there's quite simply uh, we want to do it for you. It's been 200 episodes. It's been about us far too long now, so it's all about you guys out there. Um, who are listening along and supporting the show and just being fantastic and wonderful and getting us where we want to be. The second reason that we do this is because, um, as I say, Jeremy kind of pinged us an email at Magic at We're Not Wizards. We had a conversation. Um, we've both been busy and then we said, right, let's get this done. Let's do this. And here we are doing yes. this. So are you well, sir, first of all? I know you're very uh- busy. All the time, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well. Yeah, uh, the essay uh, is, is like around the corner, and we're, we're we're working very hard to prep that, and yeah, a lot of cool art coming in, and uh, yeah, everything's uh, everything is very busy but very good. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's good. One of the things we like to do on the show is we like to um, we like to find out. A little bit more about the kind of the people behind the projects, the people behind the games. So we mm-hmm. like to have a little bit of a, a kind of I guess a, a kind of dip back into the past. We like to look at the, um, I guess the crocodile of the present before we look into the that stunning chameleon of the future. It sounds so, good. I like crocodiles. We have crocodiles. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about your history, kind of? How you kind of, uh, I mean, how you got involved in kind of the hobby first of all, I guess. Right. So, um, well, yeah, I've always been a gamer, I guess. But you know, we we got a Super Nintendo way back then, and then uh, that was the end of me ever playing outside or being outside. So, uh, great move, uh, <laughs> parents. But um, yeah, no, like literally. <laughs> but um, yeah. What's um, your favorite? What's your favorite game? The Super Nintendo, because I'm a child of the Super Nintendo as well. So. Yeah, right. I mean, probably one of the best consoles ever made. Um, I, I would say um, Zelda: Link to the Past. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I actually couldn't really finish it at the time. So we had our babysitter always play it for us, but it still felt like we were doing it. So <laughs> because I think we were slightly yeah. too young or whatever, but uh, yeah. You've made, me, you've made me feel really old because I started playing the Super Nintendo when I was about 16. Oh, <laughs> so... sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know, um... Um... No, it's good times. Still a very, very good console, and it's still one of the ones that everybody's kind of looking to to kind of emulate. Did you get yourself a Super Nintendo Mini console then when they came out? Did you go and buy one? You know the little tiny ones that came out. Oh the yeah, the new made. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my actually, yeah, my friend bought it, so I don't, I don't have to buy it. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just, yeah. He was like, "Oh yeah, I bought this thing." I was like, "Oh wow, that's super cool!" And I was more enthusiastic about it than than he actually was. <laughs> he just sort of bought it on a whim. I was like, "Yeah, dude, <laughs> I can take about... your hands for a while." <laughs> well, it's quite it's quite small as well, so it could yes. quite easily be hid under a jacket or fall yeah. into a back pocket, and you could just see, yeah. and you could see where it. I lost my super, my mini Super Nintendo, and it's like I have no idea where that where that went. You know what's that what's that behind your ear, Jeremy? Um, it, could, it might it might be it might just be a Super Nintendo. Exactly. Um, but um, so. Your jo- I mean, did you jump from the Super Nintendo? Did you stay with Nintendo then, or did you go PlayStation wise, or did you stay on the kind of the GameCube? N64 route or yeah sorry yeah we uh, we definitely stayed on the Nintendo route um, mm-hmm. I think we owned everything up till up till the Wii and then oh, I, nice. um, but uh, yeah I don't own a TV at the moment so I, I also don't really have uh, that much use for a console but uh, maybe one day but um, yeah I was a Nintendo kid and then one day um, uh, one of my mom's friends came to visit and she just brought us a present and it was um, it was a game Caesar and Cleopatra oh yeah and um, you know like one of the old uh, two-player cosmos games and I don't know I just devoured it <laughs> <laughs> I think we played it like 10 times on the day we got it and then another like I don't know 10 times in the following weekend and um, of course it had a, like a little booklet in it like a little yeah. uh, a catalog of all the other games they were making in Holland, um, or like the company was localizing. They were mostly like German Euro games and stuff. But uh, yeah, I just started buying all of those, and I became obsessed. And uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that was your um, fault. Your fall from grace. I mean, you yeah. don't need a TV if you've got cardboard. Let's face it. Um, oh, ex- yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, I know it's, I know it just, it's like something just appealed to me, like because we always play like the classics and store, of course, like uh, you know the Monopoly and the Rummy Cub and all of that stuff. And we would spend many rainy days in our caravan in Luxembourg with the family because it always rained in that place, so we were stuck playing <laughs> board games. But um, at a certain, you know, yeah. <laughs> At a certain at a certain point, you're I don't know done, um, just rolling and moving, and then uh, yeah, the season clip uh, Cleopatra and I think uh, the, the the settlers of Catan card game followed after that. I was like, wow, there's so much cool stuff going on. So, um, yeah, I uh, I became obsessed. <laughs> Is it? I mean, does your has your collection kind of grown over the years? I mean, do you, are you one of the guys that has like? You know, if you got if you turned around behind you, do you have like shelves and shelves <laughs> full of board games, or have you managed to? Because you kind of you came you, when you first kind of like we first connected on Skype, 
you know, there was obviously the, your um, your lovely face with your beard and stuff, <laughs> and but I couldn't see kind of um, enough behind you. So, do you have the shelves? Um, oh yes, and uh, are they full? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I was sitting at a. If I would have been at a. 90 degree angle, uh, the other way you would have seen my shelf. Although at the moment, the shelving space is slightly at a premium because the, the, <laughs> the city in Holland I'm living in is uh, it's not cheap. So uh, we don't have All that right. many uh, shelves. I, I have most of my collection in my dad's place. Um, All right, okay. My, my whole room there is basically just my, my game storage. <laughs> and, uh, and he always breaks his neck when he has to go in there for something because he's falling over like an old copy of something. I, I bought an S in like 15 years ago or something. So. <laughs> is, it like, um, is it like one of those walk-in wardrobes that you see? On the kind oh. of the, on the films, <laughs> except you've not got like a rack of suits or a rack of shirts or like drawers of cufflinks. It's just like, well, here's my Catan, here's my Carcassonne, uh, you know. I'm, yeah. I've 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 got my I've I've got my um, my Star Wars X-wing over here. This is where I collect my catacombs. I've got my Forge War up here, and here's the box for the. The Gloomhaven season. I've got seasons one and two uh, of Gloomhaven, and then I've got. I've. I also have three three ties. Like, what's up? That's just just in case I have meetings to, right, right. to kind of get get my get my hobby. But I do use them to dust the board games when I'm not kind of using them. Um. So, as do you yeah, share well, the. <laughs> you share the shelves at the moment then with kind of like the flatmates then is there kind of is there shelf wars you know um, has well, it, 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 sort of but i'm slowly you know you know, you know slowly and surely I, I just put a game on you know another game on there every month or so and then you know slowly i just take another shelf you know and then you know, soon it'll all be mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like slowly, one by one, the same. Where's my signed copy of my Harry Potter books gone? It's like, um, I've no, no, I, no idea at all. Yeah, I'm exactly. sorry. <laughs> exactly. Why, why is the pandemic legacy there instead? Because it's a better story than Harry Potter. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> yes, I went there. Come at me, internet, with your fire. Um, it's a good thing I'm wearing anyway. headphones. I think my girlfriend would kill me. Uh, if, uh, if she said uh, you... Pandemic Legacy has a better story than Harry Potter. I'm looking at her, na- I'm looking at her now. She's, she, has, she has a very um, strange look on her face. Well, that's, I'm, at this moment, I am glad that um, you're at least um, a, a plane flight away. <laughs> right, right, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I I do know there's regular flights between um Amsterdam um airport and uh, and Edinburgh, so you're not that far away if she got really really angry. But you know, um, all I'll just say is um get over it. You know, it's <laughs> one of these things. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what lasts longer: pandemic legacy or Harry Potter. I'm willing I to place a bet. Um, so. <laughs> Did you, I mean, how, did you, you're obviously building up the collection, you're getting really, really involved in the hobby, did you, did you go to like game clubs and, and things like that when you were, you know, as as your collection kind of grew? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to some game clubs, but they were like halfway across the country, and even though Holland is not such a big country, it was still like a three-hour drive, and um, because like... Uh, 
I went to this, you know, uh, uh, yeah, so sorry, I should start by the beginning. Like, soon after I started playing, I also started designing, and then, All right. you know, um, rosy-glassed little 14-year-old kid as I was, I just started sending prototypes to, like, random publishers. And um, so I sent, the, I sent my first prototype. It was, like, a bidding game with mice and cats, and, uh, the, like... Um, like you would bid like sleep, um, because catching mice as a cat is a is is, is a big ordeal, and um, like so you would bid with hours of sleep to catch the mice, but then your cat would have to sit out a few rounds in order to sleep, and only then you would get your cat back basically. So I don't know, it was uh, it was probably not the best design, but at the time I of course thought it was amazing. So. I was just sending it to random publishers, and one publisher, um, um, Ravensburg, or the Dutch, um, the Dutch, uh, the Dutch uh, company, um, yeah, yeah, headquarters. Yeah, they uh, uh, they replied with a very uh, sort of nice um, email, and they said, "Well, you know, this looks sort of interesting, but maybe we should play test it first with our normal group." And that turned out to uh-huh. be like a game club uh, all the way up. Uh, well, for me in the north, because I was all the way in the south of Holland, basically uh-huh. Belgium. But um, uh-huh. yeah, so um, my dad, um, he um, he agreed to drive me three hours north uh, one way to, you know, to test this game of mine uh, with these guys from the game club who I've never, never seen before. And, you know, they turned out to be, even though they were like twice my age, they turned out to be mm. super nice. And then they, you know, after that, they proceeded to destroy my game. But, you know, that was... <laughs> That was uh, that was fine. Um, I, I made some uh, some nice some nice friends. So then, uh, yeah, I spent most of my uh, most of my teenage years uh, in a train up going up north to just play games in the weekends. With people. Really? <laughs> what was the what was the game called then? It was called the it was called Cats with uh, with a lot of Z's at the end. And and, uh, and have you thought about reworking it then? I mean, I know, um, obviously, time time is a great healer. But um, have you looked at it now and went, "Oh, that's actually quite bad," or have you looked at it and went, "Actually, if I if I added that, or did you say, well, actually, Richard, yeah, I reworked it and it's now the new game Untamed that we're doing, okay. so back it off." <laughs> no, 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 no. That, no, that's a good question. Yeah, um, I the, sometimes in in the in the in the wardrobe. Uh, games closet that is now my room uh, at my dad's house uh, i find some mm. old prototypes like you know stuck under you know a copy of Catan or whatever and then mm. I'm like, oh yeah this i i sort of don't remember this but uh, I, I should take a look at it again and i'm sure i have all the rules and stuff somewhere but um um yeah actually for that particular game i've i've been uh, thinking about it on and off about how i could rework that uh, into something um a little bit more um, uh, playable, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. What's I, it? I mean, what's it like getting kind of getting feedback, kind of traveling all that way up for like three hours? And our our listeners in America are going, "I travel three hours to work every right, day. Right. That's nothing." <laughs> you know, right. tell him to dry, tell him to dry his eyes and get on with it. Um, but. <laughs> What's it like kind of playtesting for the first time and somebody kind of sitting down and kind of giving you, you believe obviously in the product because otherwise you wouldn't have bothered kind of letting it get playtested in the first place. Was it quite, was that quite a hard or tough experience for you at uh, that time? Yeah, the, um, the, 
I just remember it being a very pleasant uh, experience also just because they were so nice and, you know, they had like this ginormous, uh, uh, ginormous, uh, attic filled with board games. Right. So I was just like, I was just like, just drooling in that attic for, you know, like the first hour and then, <laughs> oh yeah, I came here to play something. All right. So, uh, you know, to play test the game, but yeah, you know, they were all very nice. And, uh, even though they ripped it apart and burned it and, you know, ripped the shreds, um, uh, I think. <laughs> Put it in the ground and covered yes, it with salt. Uh, and- <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was a very positive experience just because I just learned so much from it and, you know, I, I got, yeah, it was my first forays into game design, and um, it it just uh, pushed me to you know to become better and and try more things, and um, you know the whole the whole um, go down the whole uh, uh, road of of designing a game that actually works. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it was confronting, but it was it was it was fun. I think, yeah. When you, I mean. When you're designing a game, um, from a language point of view, do you do you, do you design the game in English, or is that the primary language that you design in, or do you design it in, in kind of like Dutch first or German first, and then kind of translate it into English for when you're kind of doing further work down the line? Because we've spoken. The reason I'm asking is I've, we've mm-hmm. spoken to. Um, I spoke to a few kind of. Um, European-based designers, and yeah. it seems to be the case that um, English seems to be one of the, you know, obviously Germans they are right up there, obviously <laughs> with you know the cent- the center, yeah. but um, English seems to be kind of almost like the ma- a, a big language that most most games seem to be kind of made in and and kind of produced. But for your kind of working, do you? I mean, is there any language you kind of start off in, or do you do you, do you work in English because it's easier because you know that'll be for things like Kickstarter, that'll be the main, the main language you would expect, or. Um, yeah, I mean, I I mainly work in I I only work in English, but that's also because I was raised bilingually. I'm I'm half American and oh, half right. Dutch, right? So my mom just um, my mom's from New York, uh, and and she uh, she just raised me uh, bilingually. So like um, uh, designing and thinking in English is just as basically second nature for me. So I never actually okay. thought about about um doing it in dutch because yeah you know who wants to buy a dutch game in a game in dutch except for <laughs> a few few dutch people so um no yeah, yeah. there might be an, there might be a multi-million oh. euro market oh, that you're yeah. just thrown away <laughs> there might be. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, or maybe not i don't know i don't oh. know i don't know yeah. It's, no, as I say, it's just interesting because I've been, yeah. you know, I've been speaking to a few kind of designers who, you know, obviously in the UK, it's like, well, you know, well, some of the people I speak to, they're lucky if they can speak English, any English at all, and they're kind of in the UK, um, <laughs> right. Right. myself included, you know, us Scottish people, um, bless us. <laughs> but um, you know, it's just kind of, you know, we've been speaking a little bit about kind of like translations and and things mm. like that. So it's just to see kind of where you. Where you kind of stepped off the mark, yeah. so you go play testing. Mm-hmm. You, as you say, cats was maybe could have done a bit better than you thought you did. Where did you go <laughs> next? What did you do next? Um, 
Well, then I uh, I designed a few more crappy games, and they also got destroyed. And then I started studying, and my interest turned into uh, you know student stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I think I took a I, I took a I probably took a break from like gaming in general for about five years or something, and I got all the mm-hmm. you know the 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 wild young man hormone stuff out of my system, right? <laughs> Um, and then, and then I discovered that all of my friends who had, you know, been drinking loads with me and partying till way, way too late into the night in the morning, you know, they actually also turned out, oh yeah, I, I like, I like Magic the Gathering. Oh yeah, I, I like, I like Settlers <laughs> of Catan, right? So I was like, all oh, right, oh yeah, I forgot about that part of my past. And then I dove right back in. <laughs> uh, it's like my my guilty secrets it's like what's that in your cupboard it's a bag full of board games it's like oh, i'm so <laughs> there those are someone else's i'm so embarrassed <laughs> um, <laughs> you know? yeah yeah it, it just wasn't in my mind you know there were so you know I, mm. I i moved out and started living on my own and you know doing all the stupid stuff that you know young people do and then um yeah and then at a certain point you've done all of that and then you you know you just want to sit down with people but not talk about politics or the weather all the time so you pull out a board game right so um and uh, yeah so your first design game that was then um was then called the voting cloud which was a political kind of weather <laughs> worker placement <laughs> or did i read that or did i read that wrong um, uh yeah I, <laughs> That's a great idea. I uh, I should get on that. I'm just gonna scrap all the chameleons and start making. Um... <laughs> no, you can't. You're not allowed to scrap. No, you break. You would break my cold stone heart <laughs> right. if you if you turned around and said the chameleons, the chameleons are not happening. Right. Yeah, but I, know. I don't know if I don't know if a weather politics game would actually work. Can you get the most votes before the next kind of? Snowstorm. Before the weather, yeah, this next snowstorm or tornado or something like that. Get your votes. Oh no! Here you go. You're the weather gods, right? And uh, you're deciding between the weather gods which ones of you is going to be in charge. And you uh, use kind of like different. You use kind of different weather powers. And at the end of the day, depending on how you play your weather cards and when you play your weather cards, you kind of accrue favor from the people down below. Right. Yeah. So you can help them grow. If you're the rain god, you kind of can you can play a game that allows you. Oh, this is this is a real game. Now. Um, this is a yeah, really you good can idea. Play like a rain card. You could get like a rain card, and you can like help people's crops grow. Or what you could do is, if you're like the god of sun, then you could come along. You could decide. Well, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, <clears throat> I'm going to like really really shine after that rain card's being played which means all the crops end up kind of like drying out and getting really really nasty but on the other side of it it helps the guys over there who are growing tomatoes and stuff right you have to and, write this and, down jeremy stop the podcast <laughs> let's get let's get um, let's get game designing right. uh yeah because you know then then you could convince the people who are going to vote for the rain god to you know not to vote for the rain god and just Vote for the sun god. You know, they have a, there you go. You have a very persuasive argument. Um, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Sweet. I, I, this is a really good idea. <laughs> let's just write, let's like write that down and get this going. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, what was your what was your next? You know, can your next kind of game? What were were you moving on to more complicated mechanics? I mean, I take it as your as you go back into the game, you were exploring 
new mechanics anyway because as time goes on, newer mechanics for board games has kind of has kind of come out. So what kind of stuff did you end up kind of working on as time went on? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think once I got back into games, I was like searching for. Um, the kind of games that I like to play most, and you know, I had no begin, no idea in the beginning what the genre was called or what I was actually looking for. But then um, I sort of got back or got pulled in or seduced into playing Magic again, I guess. And then it was like, yeah, okay, I really like this kind of game with you know more complicated inter uh, interactions, mm-hmm. and you know, like I can customize all of this stuff. Um, so then I really got into more of the, yeah, more of the, um, um, the sort of combo battle based games like Magic and all of the mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight game LCGs. Um, so yeah, I, I sort of find my, um, my genre there. Um, and that was also then the kind of games that I was, you know, starting to become interested in, in, um, in designing. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the the way to say it. Yeah. Does that does that mean that you you've ended up collecting quite a few games? Because I mean, magic is magic is magic, and you'll be right. people that'll be playing that. So do you did you dabble into like Netrunner and kind of Ashes, Rise of the Phoenix, Born, and kind of Star Realms, and did you start kind of exploring the kind of the card the card kind of kind of genre itself? Uh, yeah, I think I explored a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> I, um, I I now have I, I I think I can now probably tell you the main mechanics of probably every dead well not every but lo- loads of dead CCGs and and deck building <laughs> games and um, yeah I I also qu- I also own quite a lot of them at the moment. I never play them. I just own them. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's, I no, that's that's completely acceptable. Do you know uh, what I mean? If somebody said to me, "Well, I collect cars. Do you ever drive them?" No, I'd be like, "That's a bit of a waste of money." But if somebody's got like fifteen shelves full of board games and they say, "How many have you played?" I played five of them. It's like right. that's fine. You know, you're in, you're you're always in good in good kind of company. Um, did you collect them to? look at the mechanics to kind of study the mechanics or was it a case that hey i'm, I'm just really enjoying buying all these cards uh no it, yeah it was definitely it was definitely more research i would say yeah yeah definitely mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just interested in all the different i mean i, I think the cool things um about card games is that they're just so versatile right i mean i mean mm-hmm. uh, for example a trick-taking game like like wizard is just just you know, it's just it just works. It's just fun. It's just straightforward. But you can also do some really weird stuff with card games. And then, especially mm. um, some of the old decipher CCGs, they you know they used cards as like dice and like multiple ways to use the cards as resources and stuff like that. So that that was really that was really cool. And that um, and and I'm also uh, um, very lazy making prototypes. So you know, just making a game that only had cards. Uh, and I just had to, you know, put a piece of paper in in a sleeve. That just, you know, that's amazing because if I, if I have to cut like hex tiles every time, I'm I'm gonna shoot myself really fast. So <laughs> no, I get that. I get. I think that's why a lot of um, first time, you know, first well, first not first time creators, 
the guys that are pushing a, f a project kind of forward into kind of development and then potential publishing, I think the kind of the easiest way forward is to is to go down the kind of the the card route. In yeah. your journey with um, CCGs and kind of collecting them, mm -hmm. is there any ones that you kind of saw cancelled or finished off, and you thought, oh, they were they were really really good. If they had hit a bigger audience, they would have really grown kind of really well. Is there any ones that you feel sorry for that kind of like disappeared and are now kind of more difficult to get hold of? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I uh, well, I mean, we're just talking about Harry Potter, right? But um, I, yeah. uh, I got the dead Harry Potter CCG to play with my girlfriend. Um, yeah. And it's actually a really good game. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a shame it's out of print. I mean, I think, uh, I think the design space for it was... It was definitely not very big, although I might be wrong. But um, but uh, yeah, the game was the game itself was super straightforward and super streamlined and a lot of fun. Um, so uh, I, I got a few I got a few uh, boxes of cards online. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I thought the Harry Potter CCG was really good. Um, and uh, let's see, what else do we have? Um, you're looking at your shelves now. Yeah, I, I am, I am. Um, um, I don't know. I no other dead CCG at the moment just springs to mind, but I do. I, I do think it's a shame that um, Fantasy Flight's Warhammer 40k Conquest yeah. LCG. Well, it's a mouthful. Um, uh, yeah, that got canceled prematurely. I thought that was a I don't know when I played that. Like my mind was blown. It's like, oh my god, I have such a feeling of strategic level, but also tactical level play that I've never seen in a game before. So um, it was maybe because the name was so long that people kind of gave up asking for it. Kind of halfway through, that, do you have the Warhammer cut off? Just can I have Night Runner, please? Right, right, right. You know, uh, or can yeah. I just have magic? If you get to name your card game, make sure it's like really, really small syllables. Because if you try to be clever, <laughs> people will just get up, you know. That's why magic's so popular. It's you yeah. Know, that's it's why just, people just say yeah. it's magic. Yeah. I'll have three packs of magic, as opposed to I'll have three, three packs of Warhammer Forty Thousand Conquest. The, you know, exactly. this edition, please. You know, that's you know, people fall asleep. The guy behind the counter was probably had to wake him up a couple of times. By the time you asked for a couple of packs, um, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But you've, um, but Jado Studios, um, it's it's not. You're actually act as an active kind of day to day business doing kind of. I've been on your website. You kind of do like consultancy stuff and things like that. So what I mean, what kind of things are you kind of doing on a on a day? You know, obviously we'll talk about untamed in a second, mm -hmm. but what kind sure. of things are you doing on a kind of like a day-to-day -day basis? Um yeah, yeah, that's um yeah, it's a bit unclear from our current website we're going to redo that. Um but yeah, so uh, we're doing a lot of serious games, so to say, or or maybe applied games is a better word and um um, so applied games are not just for fun, but they're also attempting to teach the player something about, well, the, the subject of the game, right? So, um, mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, at the moment where um, we have a game that we made that is being used um, at... Uh, 
uh, at a university to train uh, medical students in how influenza um, um, outbreaks sort of work and how all of the organizations involved, you know, um, what kind of roles they play because uh, students, they have, you know, medical students have a very sort of limited idea of, of these, of these types of things. Right. I mean, they, they, you know, they see the patient in front of them and, you know, they're going to try to cure that, but in an outbreak situation, all of, you know, there's so much more uh, involved and, um, yeah, uh, the university was interested in trying like a new method of teaching and, um, mm-hmm. well, gaming, I think has the power to, you know, convey certain concepts really, really powerfully, uh, and also in a way that, you know, doesn't bore you to death. So, um, especially um, if you've got the flu, right. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, but no, I mean, I think that's interesting. I know of, um, I mean, going back to like Magic the Gathering or any of these. I mean, Star Realms, mm-hmm. for instance. I mean, at the beginning, when you're learning a game like Star Realms, you you learn the factions, mm-hmm. and then you have a base idea of what the factions do. Mm-hmm. And as your time goes on, and you learn the card game, you start to learn the mechanics of every individual card and how how it has a cause and effect and the possible paths you can take using sets of cards kind of like together. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine people playing a game, it's a lot easier to, if you're gamifying something, for people to actually learn kind of patterns and cause and effect and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a f- fascinating... I mean, how how did you get on to... I mean, did you pitch the idea? Did you, did you have the idea in kind of like in the background or did... Did somebody approach you and say, "Listen, this is the issue. This is what we're. This is how we're trying to kind of educate people. Um, how would you go about it? I mean, did, or did you, as I say, did you approach them? Uh, no, somebody approached me um, through oh. through LinkedIn because uh, um, you know after I got back into games, I really got back into games. So my master degree mm-hmm. basically is uh, is game design, um, and wow. um, it, well, I mean that specific track was focused on serious game design. So like applied games and, you know, gamification mm. and all of that. And yeah, somebody um, just found me on LinkedIn and approached me and said, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a public health consultant and, um, you know, I love games and I believe in the potential for games to make a difference uh, in teaching uh, um, people something, but I, you know, I need somebody to make a game. So are you interested? And I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> this sounds super <laughs> exactly. cool. Um, exactly. So they're so like, I'm going to pay you to design the game. And it's like, um, okay, <laughs> I'll do that then. So that yeah. was it. You're yeah. kind of like, you're going into business. So you have to like, well, I better, I better make a business. Uh, yeah yeah i was i wasn't expecting it i was i was was expecting to be a poor starving game designer you know um but uh, yeah uh, i mean i'm still starving but uh just a little bit less at the moment and hopefully uh it'll keep on getting less and less um but yeah, it, you know, it seemed like uh, like a really good opportunity to just learn a lot of stuff, you know, not just, you know, not really make money, just, you know, learning um, how to how to make games because, you know, there, um, there are a, 
well, relatively speaking, a lot of serious games out out there, but they all just sort of suck, in my opinion, or most of them just aren't really fun to play because they're just sort of missing, you know, that, you know, that gamey element, right? The element that makes you go, oh, yeah, yeah. let's do this again or whatever, right? So, um, and, you know, I, I just try to balance that a bit more um, by, you know, conveying the learning goals of the game and mixing them or intertwining them with the with the mechanics and the narrative um of the of the sort of applied serious games that we're making um and yeah i think do you find do you find yourself under more control i mean um look at it this way right if if um i guessing with untamed i mean you will take it to play testing people will be playing it and then you'll get feedback and then based on that feedback, you've got an opportunity to make changes to the game, make changes to the mechanics, if you decide to, if you feel it fits in. With you getting involved in the kind of the academic side of games, mm-hmm. is there is there a lot more control from the I guess the guys that are commissioning you on terms of how the game plays and how the game flows? Have you? Is it? Are you kind of given a set of guidelines that you then have to turn into a game? Um, is that how that works? And 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 do you have less kind of creative control over what you do with the mechanics and things like that? Yeah, I I mean, there's definitely um, more restrictions, right? I mean, you know, they want the game to teach the players this and this and this, right? So that just has to be in the game. You know, there's mm-hmm. no option of just like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't work with this card drawing mechanic or whatever. So, um, yeah, there's definitely restrictions, um, but um, you know, it's all you know. I, I I guess that's the whole challenge, right? Because with a game that you're just designed, you know, designing yourself, you can just keep on going forever and changing it forever um, without there being any real consequences and. Um, Designing within such uh, restrictions, I think, um, it, well, I mean, it also breeds a certain kind of creativity, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, creatively, I cannot go make, um, you know, these two giant robots smashing each other in the face um, because, <laughs> you, you know. You can't do like, you can't do like. And the flu mutates and turns everybody into zombie flu right. um, animals, <laughs> and they go around infecting everybody. And you get a you get a gun card instead <laughs> that you can use against these against these people. I take it right. you're not allowed to do that. Exactly. Although I must say that um, you still get a relatively large amount of of freedom because there's several. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think there's several ways of implementing those learning goals right and i always try to sort of talk with the people who are commissioning the game and you know ask what they really want because some you know sometimes they just don't really know that well so it's a challenge to find out you know which of those you know maybe 10 learning goals that they listed uh are actually the most important and then just focus on that and then you know we both wind up being happy because that's the thing they really want um mm-hmm. Um, how is yeah. it? Um, how is it dealing with? Uh, obviously, the the person that you're dealing with um, obviously is aware of games and is therefore that's you know that's why they brought mm-hmm. you on board. Is it a challenge to deal with people whose exposure to to board games is to say, 
oh, is this like Uno or is this like, you know, Monopoly or is this like, you know, it, you, you have to do like an education process on explaining to people what kind of a card game can be mm-hmm. um, as well, you know. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. it. I mean, it depends on, it depends on the, the client. Sometimes they're a bit more familiar, but yeah, I think, um, educating and, you know, giving people that literacy, so to say, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, it, 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 it also makes things, makes things easier to, uh, to explain, right? So, you know, it's a little bit like pandemic or it's a little bit like settlers of Catan, but instead of, you know, getting resources, you get, um, you know, um, cards that uh, help you prevent uh, this disease or, uh, well, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, using examples definitely helps. And sometimes you need to uh, just pull out a few games or um, show them a few games beforehand and saying, um, yeah. So have you, have you been helping kind of convert kind of people down the kind of the board game path? That, I mean, do you have... Have you given people the board game bug? Are there people coming back to you to say that they've now gone out and they too now have several Kallax shelves <laughs> full of cardboard? Um, um, yes. I'm, 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 I'm not sure if I've done that with... The, <laughs> I'm not sure if I've done that with the, with the sort of... Uh, with the serious games. Also because I don't really see, you know, those students when they're playing it, you know, as part of their curriculum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the people, the, the, the one game, um, that's at the university right now. Uh, yeah. They're very enthusiastic, uh, about it, but, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen their uh, collection of Colox, uh, shelves uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting on to kind of untamed. Sure. Um, now that's, I mean, as I say, um, you know, chameleon or, or death basically but um <laughs> i mean with um okay i mean with you doing obviously jobs which are bringing in money mm-hmm. has that put pressure on the development route for kind of untamed itself then because i'm guessing that i mean obviously as i say i've i've seen you know, I've read the blurb, I've seen, you know, been on the website, I've read, you know, looked through a lot of the artwork that you've sent me, mm-hmm. which has been kind of fantastic because I am a sucker for art. Um, but have you then had to say, right, okay, listen, I have to put Untamed to one side while we're working on making sure that we're hitting deadlines for the stuff that might actually help to pay for some of Untamed, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, some of these, uh, all these projects bring in money, which we pump into uh, into our passion project, uh, uh, which is untamed basically at the moment. So um, yeah, sometimes you just need to prioritize and put it on the back burner for a little bit, and uh, make sure we get you know the the extra money, w- which we can then put forward to um, uh, getting some uh, more cool art. Yeah, <laughs> there's more than I mean. Um... What's what's Untamed going to be about? I mean, what's the what's the kind of the core kind of gameplay itself? I mean, are you as far as that? Are you still kind of working through that? I mean, um, is uh, it is it a card game? Is it a collectible card game? I mean, what what are you what are you kind of aiming for with that? 
Right. I mean, so I mentioned I like collectible card games, but I, I actually realized I also don't have time to build decks at all, like at all. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, I like that kind of game. I just don't like the time commitment that it requires up front. And I think it also sort of raises the barrier of entry for like, you know, um, other other players, you know, maybe people who like to play more Euro games or whatever, right? And they want to try like, um, you know, more of a battle game, but then it's all, oh, well, but now I have to build all these decks and buy, you know, loads of these cards and all of them suck except for this one card, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we wanted to sort of create that experience, but then just as a standalone self-contained experience, right? And of course, there's more more of those style of games out there. Um, but we thought very long and hard about sort of, um, well, the artwork and what do we want that to depict? Because, you know, I also work in a board game shop and, um, you know, of course, the first thing that I and everybody else does is look at how the game looks right and yeah, you know if yeah. in, in a, and um you know for a lot of a lot of people um well you know if if they see like this really super hardcore intense high fantasy guys duking it out with, like zombie limbs flying all over the place and stuff right you know it just doesn't. It just doesn't really appeal to, um, I think, um, a large part of the potential people who want to, you know, buy your game or who might be interested in your game, right? So, mm-hmm. um, we we spend a lot of time thinking about. Okay, well, you know, we also don't want to offend anybody with like doing all, all sorts of weird, um, you know, fantasy versions of you know, some sort of culture, although I guess we still have that a little bit in there, but you know, we, we chose for animals because, you know, everybody likes animals, um, I guess. Yeah. And, and animals just sort of speak to your imagination, um, in a certain way. Like you were like, when you were younger, you had all these, you know, fairy tales with like the, the, the the big bad Fox and, and, you know, red riding hood and stuff like that. Right. So, and, um, uh, So, yeah, we definitely chose very carefully to to make the game flow around um, about, uh, yeah, around these animals. Right. Um, And the game is, uh, yeah, I mean, the game design is is done. We we went through loads and loads and loads of iterations. And, you know, at some point it was a deck builder. At some point it was this. At some point it was, uh, I don't even remember anymore what it was, but um, (laughs) It was um, a game about weather gods and right, cats. yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but you know, always the, the core element was that we wanted to have these animals, these cool-looking animals, sort of uh, duking it out in some way or another, right? Um, and what we just ended up on um, was sort of a yeah, a, a sort of collectible card game style game. So where you know you have your deck up front, you don't have to build it throughout. Um, but, um, you know, you, you have some level of customization, right? So you're not just buying two pre-built decks and that's it. You have some level of customization. So, um, in the end, I was looking at, at things like smash up, right. And where you just, um, build your deck, um, by choosing two different factions and then shuffling that together and boom, there you go. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. and I think for, I think for a lot of, a lot of players, that's the amount of 
you know, effort and customization uh, they might want and, and are looking for. And also the only amount of time that I personally have in these kind of games, really. Um, because, you know, I buy all the LCGs, but then I just play the starter decks and that's it because I don't have time to build decks, actually. Right. So, yeah, um, no, no, exactly. Um, and um, yeah, so I, th- I think that sort of shuffle building. um, um um, how do you call it? There's a fancy word for this paradigm or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that's the sort of thing that we were looking for. Um, and, and we've built, um, oh, it's, it's, it's a bit like Hearthstone, um, which, you know, which I've sunk way too many hours in as well. Um, but it has an accessibility, um, while being, um, a little bit more uh, flexible than Hearthstone, I would say. So sorry, that was a very long answer to your very simple question. That's no, that's the the best answer. <laughs> or the the ones where I just I'm a, I am quiet for you know five minutes and I allow people to to kind of talk. <laughs> I mean, is it? Do you think there's um there's a bit of a pressure on accessibility for games nowadays because there is this kind of thing about if a game takes three games to learn. Mm-hmm. Unless it's really, really quick, you can end up kind of losing the audience. I mean, I'm looking at a number of games on my shelf just now, which I haven't, I haven't played, and that's because when I bring out the rule book, the rule book is a small Harry Potter novel, basically, and I'm just like, I just, you know, I just can't even, I just can't even kind of look at it. I mean, was the idea behind Untamed to 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 allow people just to get in? as quickly and as easily as possible and start playing and get them on to their second game and their third game as kind of as quickly as you could. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think accessibility um, is super important because so many new games are released and, you know, people only have a super short attention span anyway. And if they don't get your game on the first go, then I think the chances are pretty slim that they won't give it another shot. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think that's also sort of um, a line that at, at least we walked with trying to sort of, you know, um, stick with something that's relatively familiar, right? So sort of the, 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 the you know, the, and the general flow of like these card battle games and then trying to sort of like innovate on like smaller areas that, you know, don't obstruct these bigger lines, because if you, I mean, we tried to be super original at first, and that gave me loads of headaches. And um, you know, it, it, you know, if if it's too much, if it's too out there, unless you're like Dixit or something, um, I personally think that. Um, you might be going too far out of people's comfort zones because people love comfort zones. At least I know I do. So, um, and, um, so yeah, so, you know, you want to push the envelope a little bit, but maybe not too much and just, you know, lower the bar of entry of these more, uh, of these more, um, um, well-known, um, tropes, so to say, and just make it more accessible for people. So, yeah, I think accessibility, like in general, not only for Untamed, but I think accessibility is super important. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've seen it. I've seen it recently. I mean, I was playing. Um, we wrote a a kind of a preview for a game called Dice Summoners, mm-hmm. and I highlighted quite quickly in the preview that it reminded me an awful lot of like um, Ashes 
mm-hmm. Rise of the Phoenix Born, right. in terms of the dice mechanics and how you use your dice in order to gain your power and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And to me, that meant that that game got, you know, a lot of tries mm-hmm. and a lot of plays because I already knew kind of 50% right. of how the main mechanics played <laughs> and then the rest of it was kind of like a little bit of learning. And that's not to say that, you know, it was so close. It was like the premise was kind of like, it'd be like, say, you know, it, was, it wasn't... It um, was it was close enough so that it kind of put me, like you said, into like a comfort zone that I knew instantly what I was doing right. with the core mechanics. And then I just had to learn, you know, I had to learn quite a bit in order to understand the game fully, but I, I, I kind of had the base foundation so that learning additional rules and mechanics on top of that wasn't like a like a kind of a, of a, big, a big kind of stretch. So um, is Untamed going to be just card based? Are you going to have kind of? Is there going to be dice in there? Is there going to be kind of other things in you know other things in there itself? Counters stuff like that. Um, because I've seen Legends of the Five Rings mm-hmm. quite a few times, and that just looks like it needs its own suitcase to carry it around <laughs> based on the, the, the amount of different things that you need to kind of bring with that game. You know, it like needs a table and a half to kind of play it on. So is, is Untamed going to be like that? Is it going to be quite small? Is it going to be quite self-contained? Or is it going to be kind of like a tiny epic game which needs a new house? Um, no, no, no. We're, um, it's it's just going to be cards and a few, uh, a few tokens. There's two types of tokens and uh, that's it. So it's just cards and that. And we're also aiming for quite a small box. And, you know, you know, like a nice price, you know, I have to figure out um, and the details on that. But, um, yeah, uh, we're aiming for the opposite of a suitcase, so, like, I guess a, a fanny pack or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, is it still, are you still quite, a, are you still quite far off? Because, I mean, originally when we spoke, you said, okay, we're looking at probably towards tail end of the year. Yeah. Before we're considering kind of the the Kickstarter side of things, is that still the same thing, or are you tripping into kind of like twenty nineteen now in terms of the campaign? Then, uh, yeah, we're definitely looking at twenty nineteen. Yeah, because you know the, all of these uh, other projects they came um, and they, you know they took up some time, and then uh, you know. S- settling on the final rule set and all of that um it just took more time than we anticipated and you know we're very eager to get the game out right but it you know it has to be has to be good and um like we don't want to rush it so i would say um we're looking at a at a early 2019 release probably like the first quarter although i don't mm-hmm. um you know if, it, if it's, if it's going to be second quarter i won't be that uh, surprised either cool cool so um, if they want to keep an eye on things, then the best thing to do is, I mean, we'll, we'll give some links to the people. I have a question, though, for you, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you mm-hmm. basically cat flu has broken out, the worst kind of cat flu. And what happens is that basically if people are bitten by cats, they turn into zombies and <laughs> thus the cat, cat flu gets spread. You are one of the last um survivors and you you've made your way by um by hook and by crook and by bicycle in many ways to the 
to the town to the city of Delft, um, <laughs> and <laughs> you happen. Yeah. You're dodging cats left, right, and centre. It's a real place I've been there. Um, you're dodging cats left, right, and centre, avoiding the bites, but you you, you scoot down an alleyway, <clears throat> and there's an open door, and the cats are getting closer, and you jump into the door. You shut the door behind you, mm-hmm. and when you turn around, you find that you have actually ended up in a huge board game emporium. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's every single type of board game available. There's first editions, there's second editions, there's <laughs> rare games, there's new games, there's expansions aplenty. And in the middle of the floor, the shop floor, there is a there's a cart, a little kind of trolley that has four wheels on it, pneumatic wheels, mm-hmm. and it's got a nice strong handle. And you can put your stuff in there, but more importantly... You've got the option to take three board games with you. Right. <laughs> any board games at all before the cats come in and attack like cats do. Because cats, if cats were frogs, we'd be using flamethrowers against them. I'm just saying. Um, what What three board games do you take with you, Jeremy? What three? Any games at all. Um, so the first game I'm taking is definitely a game from the Project GIF series. It's, um, it's right. a series of very like abstract games. And uh, even though you know I could never probably design anything like that, but you know I think they're just so cool. So I would definitely take one of those. Although choosing which one is probably impossible. Um, I'm looking at Yinch right now, so maybe I'd, I would just take Yinch with me. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And. Um, Let's see. I guess I would take, yeah, I, I guess I would take uh, Magic um, because assuming I'm one of the few people left on Earth, nobody's going to be bothering me about all kinds of deadlines, so I just have plenty of time to build no, a deck. No, I mean, any person that you meet, if you ask them if they want to play a game, they're going to be saying yes, right, you know, right. if that's communities <laughs> or whether you meet one person by themselves or you, you wander into caravans of people, the answer to the question is always going to be Yes, I would like to play that lovely board game with you. So you're taking, are you taking all of Magic with you? I, that's a, that's a, that's quite a lot. That's, that's a lot. Okay, well maybe not all of it because I still want room for the last game. So. <laughs> oh, you're always going to have room for the last okay. game. Okay. There'll always be room for the okay. last game. It's the rules. Right. What's the last game, Jeremy? Uh, the last game is probably El Grande. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I love Wolfgang Kramer's designs, and I think El Grande, after, even after 15 years, because I've owned it for 15 years, I still I still really, really like still, it. Still not played it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there was a gap, that, you know, there was a good gap of probably about 12 years, definitely, yeah, wow. but uh, wow. <laughs> I recently played it, and I, st- it's still, I still really enjoy it, so, yeah. Excellent, excellent. So you pack your games into the cart, trundle off down the road and um, go into the distance (laughs) with the cats screaming in terror. Um, If people want to keep an eye on you on the interweb nets, Mm -hmm. where can we find you on the interweb nets, Jeremy? (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a a good question. Um, Yeah, we're very active on Instagram. So um, okay. our Jade Owl Instagram is uh, just Jade Owl Studios. Um, and um, yeah, we're very active there. Um, 
I used to be active on Twitter, but uh, a lot, a little bit less so now. But uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, either under the Jade Owl Studios handle or under my own personal handle, which is Card B Conspiracy. <laughs> um, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't uh, want to know. <laughs> People are going to think you're a Cardi B fan. You're going to get some heat from the Nicki Minaj crowd. Oh, right. I mean, it's short for cardboard conspiracy, but Twitter just cuts off the last Twitter's just going to cut it off. You're going to end up with Nicki Minaj fans all over (laughs) you with that Cardi B thing going on. People are going to think, what are you doing? Oh, you picked your side of you. That's it. Um, Where else can we we find you? Um, well, don't look at our website right, like right now. Just look at our website, you know, like in a few weeks once it's actually, you know, it doesn't hurt your <laughs> eyes looking at it. Um, uh, and that's jdalstudios.com. Um, mm-hmm. and also playuntamed.com. That's, you know, the, the page specifically for the, yeah. uh, for the game that, you know, that's probably the more interesting page to look at. Um, and yeah, I, that's most of the social media that I do. I, I just, uh, too, too busy and too tired to spend time <laughs> on lots of social media. Uh, um, when okay so what we'll do is we'll make sure that we put um all the links in the show notes so that we have notes to show this the other thing is jeremy is when the game is going to be launching will you come back on and talk some more about it please oh yes yeah i, I would love to I've, I've definitely enjoyed myself and uh yeah i, I would love to uh talk uh talk about the game and uh with you a little bit more yeah please cool excellent excellent if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to and uh thank you again for listening tonight um you can find us on our website which is we're not wizards.com we're on twitter which is we're not wizards we're on facebook which is we're not wizards we're on instagram guess what it's we're not wizards you can find us on our blog which we do kind of previews and thought pieces and we're always interested in people who are going to be writing things for us. So if you fancy stretching those writing muscles, then get in contact at magic at we'renotwizards.com and you can get some stuff on our blog, which is we'renotwizards.blogspot.com. You can find us on places like YouTube. You can find us on places like Tumblr. I have no idea what Tumblr is. Apparently, it's really, really funny, and there are some really funny, and there's also some really weird stuff on Tumblr as well. But and we're joining all the weird stuff because that's what we do. Um, if you are wanting to support us um, and fancy chucking us a buck, then Patreon forward slash We're Not Wizards will find us. Um, that helps us keep the lights on and also helps us to grow the show as well. Um, we appreciate everybody who listens to us through the various kind of podcast places like Stitcher and Spreaker and Acast and Player FM and all these wonderful places. Um, if you like us really much, then consider going to Apple Podcasts and dropping us a subscription there because that helps us grow and helps get the name out there or stream us on Spotify because that helps us as well. Um, if you are going to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, don't give us a 10 because it makes us big headed. But don't give us a 1 
because it makes us cry and a very ugly crier. I'm not I'm like not even nice at all. It's like looking like um some water balloons got hit by a bus. That's how bad it is. Um but give us five because it's in the middle and it's average. And we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average is rather wonderful, the rather fantastic Mr Jeremy Faljo. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I had a, I had a, had a lot of fun uh, talking to you. So, uh, yeah. Good. Um, I appreciate you coming on. There's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Jeremy? Uh, no, definitely not. No, no. I have lots of magic cards, but I'm still doesn't make me a wizard. No, no. <laughs> That's brilliant, Beam Show. <laughs> That's fantastic. That brings a tear to my eye because you didn't do what everybody else does, which is to say, yeah, yeah. Oh. So that's, that's, that, you're, you're now my new best friend. Um, and the second thing is to say goodbye. So it is uh, goodbye from Jeremy. Say goodbye, Jeremy. Uh, bye-bye, guys. Thanks for listening. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, uh, stay safe. Roll6s.com. And, um, yeah, I mean, Jeremy's going to be coming back on and, um, you know, he is definitely going to be telling us some more about, uh, well, about artwork and about card games and about chameleons and about Untamed um, in the beginning of next year. But until the next time, goodbye.